There's no hoppers like show hoppers like no hoppers we know. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Hoppers. Today we are covering only Murders in the Building, Season 3, Episode 4, The White Room. I am Mr. Sal, a high school science teacher, watching Only Murders in the Building Season 3 for the first time because it is new to Hulu, and it's very exciting, and I am watching it with my co-host and former student, Kurt. And Kurt, I have a question for you. Uh, I love questions. Wait, I don't love questions. Oh, wait. What's your question? Which of the Pickwick triplets did it? Who of the crew could admit this crime? I hope you get into the white room with that, Mr. Sal. <laughs> nope, I have a safety net. <laughs> we can just do another take if I need to. <laughs> <laughs> Not live, shockingly. Amazing, right? Speaking of which, well, I don't know if you want to talk about this now or after the ratings, but uh, I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. We uh, The term white room, I looked it up, yeah. and I'm sure you would, you might be more privy to it than I am, but it's an I've actual never heard term. Of Okay, so you're not more privy to it than I am. I know I'm using the word privy. I, I never use it normally. But, <laughs> I, I looked, did you look it up at all? Because I looked it up. It, it is like, I guess, an actual thing. Oh, I buy it. I, like I, when, yeah. they, when they said it, I just kind of assumed it was true. But I, I was no, I did not look it up. All right, well, I was going to ask you next. You ever, you ever experienced the White Room? No, the closest I ever came was I, I, I knew somebody uh, who had... I don't know. This guy that I had worked with, he was a he was a director. I was an actor. He was he asked me to go read for this role, which was like originating the role of a new musical. Mm-hmm. So it was a musical that had been written been written by a friend of his, and it had never been performed before. And I was like, "Oh, that'd be pretty cool to originate a role." I'm like, "The original Tony? That's amazing. That's really cool." So I tried it. I, I you know, I, and I got the part. I I did it. It was really fun. Um, but on one of the one of the nights, I can't remember. Uh, I was doing my opening monologue. It was a pretty lengthy opening monologue, and there was like half a second where I couldn't remember what came next. And nobody in the audience, I'm sure, even noticed it because they don't know what my normal cadence was for the opening mm-hmm. monologue. But 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 one of the other actors was like. Oh no! I saw it. I saw you go. I was like, "Oh crap!" I saw. He's like, "He he doesn't know. He can't remember the line." <laughs> but <laughs> but but I came out of it like immediately, so it it, it worked out. The fine. show went on. It, it did. It always does. It has to. <laughs> the show must go on. I don't really have any. I I have a a, a parallel experience. Like I I I don't really. I I did stage crew and I really acted. There was a small play um that where I I I had. I, I had a single or like two lines. I, I was a doctor. I had to walk out and break some bad news that a kid <laughs> didn't make it. it. It was a comedy like show, <laughs> but I, I had to come out as a doctor in a bloody outfit and then tell like the main protagonist that their, you know, their kid didn't make childbirth, you know, <laughs> so it's a sad, it's supposed to be a somber thing. But I, I went and it's supposed to be somber, but I went out and since I don't really, ever have any sort of speaking roles or anything yeah i i came out super bloody and the, the audience thought it was kind of funny that i was super bloody given what it was so they were <laughs> laughing then i started laughing and i told oh, them no. in a laughter that your kid didn't make it which is kind of funny in and of itself but that was not the intended What's thing the- to do <laughs> so the doctor i whatever it, it worked so all That's right good. well i i mean it's 
it is uh i mean that's cardinal rule number one of acting is do not break character ever so no yeah i definitely broke that character i went <laughs> on stage started laughing and went, your kid didn't make it <laughs> <laughs> wow so that's cold Kurt. <laughs> it was very cold well <laughs> not as cold as our potential ratings oh let's check them out ratings all right, Kurt, I, I think you laughed a lot during this episode. I think you thought it was very funny. I think you thought Charles was hysterical. Uh, every time we went to the bite room, I think you were probably rolling on the floor. I think you liked, uh, I think you got a real big kick out of Cindy Canning. I think it, you, you thought you found her very funny. Um, I just don't know if there was enough emotional grip to this episode to get you to give this a 10, but I do think you really liked it. So I think you gave it a nine. No Loretta, no Ben. Mr. Sal, very angry. He give nine. <laughs> that, 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 those are your downsides. For the episode. So ang- the angry, angry yeah. lands on a nine. Well, that, that that that's what made you angry. But besides oh. that, it was all right. All right, so good. Uh, I I did give it a nine, and that was definitely one of the reasons why I gave it a nine. No Ben, no Loretta, and I I think. I think maybe I had a higher expectation for how much of those two would actually be in this season uh, because we've already had two episodes with no Loretta now, two out of four. Uh, you know, and thinking back to, to how much, say, Teddy Dimas or Amy Schumer or Saz has been in the, in the series, it's not every episode. It's not a ton. Even Jan, like, wasn't in every episode in, in season no, one. That's true. So I, I I should probably not penalize it for that, but I have just enjoyed those two so much that it, it felt a little empty without them. Uh, so that was one of the reasons why I, I, I dropped it from a 10 to a 9, although I did think it was very, very funny. I thought it was hysterical. I, I, think this is a, I, I agree. It's definitely yeah. a very funny episode. But the bigger reason why I dropped it from a 10 to a 9, though, is because I'm just not buying what they're selling right now. Like, in my head, this cookie thing is just so obvious, but I can't, <laughs> I, I cannot believe that they're trying to pin anything on Kimber or Joy or, or anybody. Like, there were cookies there. He ate them. He wrote that he was an effing pig on the mirror because he ate the cookies. Like, it's, it's just so clear to me. I'm not buying like at no point did I think Kimber was involved, and at no, and at no point do I think Joy is involved. No, so I, I th- that's the bigger reason why I didn't give this a ten is because I'm just not buying this. I think that they're not for even a second getting me. Like everything that they show to, me yeah, just to, verifies what I already think about the cookies. So to to jump in on that, I gave this. I was between a high eight and a low nine. I gave it a high eight. So okay. I gave it an eight. Because for similar reasons, no Ben, no Loretta. I didn't think about it as much as you did for like which is actually very fair that compared to the other big name actors and actresses they've had. They're not there every episode, right? Right. Uh, the trio normally is, but you know, yep. that's the rub. Oh well, doesn't matter. I still I still like them for the season. I think they're pretty pivotable. Yep. Uh so I I would like to see more of them. Yep. Uh the whole investigation isn't as interesting as previous seasons because I, I agree with you. The, the leads they're doing, and it might be because of the simple formula of the show that, mm-hmm. like, you know, they, they investigate other people, 
But based on previous seasons, they never investigate the right person early on, ever. <laughs> like they never, like they, they never were like on right. to Jane before it was Jane, or on to Poppy before it was Poppy. Right. So like, I'm pretty trade now, and <laughs> you are as well. I'm sure a lot of people are, and maybe they seem to be very aware of viewers. So maybe I would retroactively increase this if it turned out, you know, oh maybe. Like maybe Kimber did do it if we were wrong, but I, I don't, I mean, I'm with you. I don't think Kimber did it. I don't think Joy did it. No. So, I, I, you know, them pointing, I guess it doesn't really even matter that much, but I'm just not, compared to the previous season, I'm not as much on the, the boat with the investigation. I still, I do like, not much with Oliver in this episode, but Mabel and seeing Cindy Canning was really cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I like her offer because it's, it's cool and she's still, pretty mean and in her funny way so that's great and charles yeah. was also pretty interesting the episode and had some actual like anxiety and stress yeah. with joy moving in and th- those two elements were pretty good and that's what buoyed this episode and mm-hmm. the fact that it was funny but uh, there, there's a lot of things that i can complain about so eight yeah 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 all right i i, I can buy that i i see where you're coming from it's just uh i you know i i, I guess I'm trying to think if if there's a way for Joy to be responsible for this. I guess she was pretty happy the show was over, more time with Charles, etc. So, may, I mean, I, she could have poisoned the cookies, I guess. But I, I really don't think that's the case. You know, she, she's... I'll say this right now. I would totally believe it, potentially, if they didn't shine as much of a light on Joy as they have now. Right. So if they, if, if they just brushed past it and like yeah. we, we didn't highlight joy at all whatsoever mm-hmm. i i would totally be like oh it's joy i think yeah. it's joy now but the fact that they have makes me think it's not joy now maybe maybe they're aware of that like i said they, the yeah. last episode they brought up the fact that the last two killers have been women so they're, they're self-aware yeah. of what we're thinking right they they've done a lot of meta jokes so i i i would i would really actually like that if they did end up having the killer be someone that we kind of explored a bit more in depth. Maybe it is Tobert, which Tobert seems kind of suspicious. Um, I, I mean, I, we'll talk about our well, our suspects later on. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, I guess we shouldn't get to the suspect talk too much. But the, the, the thing is, though, when they when they highlight someone, especially this early in the season, I just immediately go, well, it can't be them. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I, I will say this. So, I think that they have highlighted Tobert quite a lot, yeah. uh, but but not pointed the finger at him as a possible suspect, right? I think that's the type of person that we should be suspicious of. They did that with Poppy. They did that with Jan, mm-hmm. right? But I, I do think that there's got to be some deviation here in this season. I think they, they probably are going to deviate from formula here, um, but we'll see. I, I'll tell you another thing that kind of... Got I don't know if it bothered me about this this episode, but it definitely disillusioned me a little bit. And that is the Cinda's opening monologue, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. But she talks about the, the 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 main part of it, like the crux of it at the end of the argument that she's making is that if you love a ritual too much, it can become an obsession. And before we know it, the ritual that once healed us has become our undoing. Right. Mm hmm. I thought that was going to be a theme of this episode, and I don't feel like it was. Do you feel like it was? I didn't. I forgot about that earlier statement, but no, no, I don't. So, 
I, I, maybe I'm misremembering, but it seems to me that in season one, especially, and also in season two, I guess, when they had an opening monologue like that, it became a theme of the episode. I'm trying to think of an example. So, well, I mean, well, I, I, I mean, even the previous episode this season with Kimber, Kimber's opening monologue about when someone has a good idea, you know, you're kind of drawn to the light. And uh, I mean, the, whole, the episode could have been called Look for the Light. The song was Look for the Light. You know, and at the end, she says, when, some, when someone's that bright, you need to snuff them out sometimes. Like, it, it was there through the whole episode. I don't feel like obsession, like a ritual bordering on obsession was, <laughs> unless you consider Charles just wanting to be alone. Charles. I guess Charles solitude could be considered that, but I, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't think it played in the way it's it not, used it's, to. It's not very good. Yeah. It's not very good. It's a very ham fisted way. I think of, the interpretation of it i i don't think you're wrong <laughs> okay they, they didn't really explore that theme very much in this episode maybe it's maybe it's a little bigger than that maybe we'll see it like season-wide this sort of trend that like what the so oliver for example right in this didn't start in this episode but he's pursuing the stresses in his life like trying to get this into a musical despite mm-hmm. you know his recent um minor heart attack and Mm-hmm. He's supposed to de-stress. I himself. forgot about the heart attack. Yeah, yeah, they haven't noted about it too much. <laughs> it was not in this episode. Yeah. So, it, it, maybe it's a season-wide theme. Maybe, maybe they're going to hit on that. I obviously we don't know yet, and if they are, we haven't seen it in this episode, so mm-hmm. we can only rate what's in front of us right now in the moment, which yeah. is what we saw. So, right. And I don't want to rip on this episode too much because really, I mean, it was really funny. It was very it, funny. It was really funny. funny. And I, I really liked there there is an emotional core to it that I really liked as well. You know, the just the On detachment. Two sides. Yeah, yeah. Mabel and Charles. Yep, yep exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, when Mabel kind of sticks up for her guys, like that that was emotional. And and seeing Oliver and Charles have this conversation about, you know, maybe uh, about uh, maybe it's not the song so much as joy moving in. Maybe that's causing you stress and seeing Charles talk about how some people maybe are just destined to be alone. And like, the, the, these themes are really good and, and the emotional core of it is really strong. I really like it a lot. Um, I, I also like that we're kind of getting a song per episode. I really am hoping that in the finale, <laughs> we get to see like the whole, like four songs from this musical strung together. I, I really like when series do that. So I'm really you're hoping. hoping they release the whole musical, aren't you? I do. I really do. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I, I, that that stuff's been been really good. Um, I, I think I another said, great. Mm-hmm. Oh, just to tie back on the whole like emotional storylines, Mabel's whole seeking herself or her purpose or meaning in the world mm-hmm. and trying to you know that that I like that too, and the way they they've been doing it for both the season and this mm-hmm. episode especially. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I like Mabel a lot. I, I I do too. And you know, I I really enjoyed Kimber and Joy in this episode as well. They were. I yeah, thought, they were also. I thought good. both of them were really funny, like genuinely funny. Like Joy doing the the antelope thing that sounded more like a monkey <laughs> was like I was rolling. I it really. Both of them were were, were great. So, anyway, it, I love this show. I I do love this episode. I was not 
upset to watch it a second time. Like I was very happy to watch it a second time, and I would. Lo- and I'll, I'm going to watch it a third time because my wife hasn't seen it yet, and she will want to watch it eventually. And so we, we will. I'll see it a third time, and I'm happy to see it a third time. It's like infinitely watchable. It's really it's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's funny and it's quick and it's witty and it's just like. I and I love the music. Oh my god, this theme song, uh, "Only Murders in the Building" theme song, is one of my favorite TV theme songs. I love it. Gets you right but in the mood. It does. It Absolutely. Does. I, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So yeah, so we both. So I give this a nine. You give this a, a high eight. I mean, this is probably my least favorite episode of the season so far. It's clearly yours. Um. It's not to say it's a bad episode. I did like a lot about it. I think uh, there's a chance. I mean, it could be that we get to the end of the season and it, like Joy was involved or something, and I'll look back and I'll have oh, to yeah. grow, and, and then I'll probably like this episode more. But And, and that comes with any sort of, I guess, detective or what's the genre called? Murder mystery-esque. Yeah. You know, thing where in, in hindsight, I guess detective as well, that Oh yeah, I guess there was information gathered there that I didn't yep. notice, and so on yeah. and so forth. I don't. I'm not going to let that influence my rating. I'm, I'm going to say this now. We'll yep. see if I end up changing my mind for episode ten because maybe there'll be other reasons why I change it. Mm-hmm. But on evidence alone, I'm not going to change my ratings for previous episodes because it does not change how I felt about the episode in that mm-hmm. moment. That's what I'm going to say. Yep. Yeah, that's a that's a good philosophy. And, I, and, I, and I'll also say this that like I. I think part of why I'm a little bit down on this episode is because I'm just so convinced that I'm right. And everything that they show us just reinforces it. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> I don't think it's confirmation bias either. I, I really think like, it's so obvious to me that it was cookies. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, it's going to be worse, Mr. Sal. What's that? If it's like the season finale and now they're showing us, the cookie stuff that we've been thinking of <laughs> I know. for a while. And we're uh, just like, ah, oh, the finale. The show. <laughs> I hope, I hope that here's what will make me really happy. If, especially if next episode, if they think of the cookies thing too, as they're going down that yeah. plot line, then I'm like, okay, well now <laughs> I don't know what's going on again. Oh no. Um, I think, I think at this point we could start seeing, we could start seeing it, like the, them investigating the actual person. Okay. How many episodes are in the season? Ten. Ten. Mm-hmm. Oh. I th- I can see them investigating the actual person next episode, and then uh, thinking, "Oh no, we've got it wrong." Well, they're going to investigate oh. Joy. It's they're going to be keyed in on Joy next episode. Yeah, it looks like right. It. Like just like last episode, they kind of introduced the idea to us that maybe it's Kimber, and so they spent the, this episode thinking it's Kimber. So. Last this episode, they introduced the idea to us that it could be joy. So they'll spend next episode thinking about joy, right? This is an all right formula. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, I, and I don't know if you know anything about the next episode. I don't. But the the next episode is is entitled "Ah Love," and it's date night apparently. So all three of them have dates, and they learn a lot apparently. So I, I, I assume Oliver is Loretta, Charles yeah. is Joy. I don't know who I assume. I that's, don't know who Mabel's going to be. Maybe, maybe Tobert. Oh, I would like to see that. Yeah, I think it might be Tobert. So, anyway, we'll we'll have uh, we'll have we'll have. I I think that we could get lots of answers next time. 
I, I, I'm interested in that, but I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to bet against... I don't. I try not to bet against trends. Not, not <laughs> in a gambling way, but if... They, they, just because it... I, I don't think they'll show... They'll investigate the murderer this early. I, I just don't think they will. All right. But they could. They definitely could. I don't think they will, though, so... I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily saying investigate, but, like, spend a lot of time with the murderer. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, they can start, so yeah okay. that's true. Yeah. Anyway, well, okay, let's take a guess at each other's favorite scenes. Favorite scenes. I, I had a very hard time pinning a favorite scene for, for me and I. for you. In okay, this episode. <laughs> I was like, glad to hear. it was really hard. Uh, and this might be another reason why I don't love this episode as much because I, I didn't feel like any one scene kind of stood out. It, yeah, it, it's kind of important. Like, honestly, I think I would prefer an episode that has mm-hmm. overall slightly worse scenes, but mm-hmm. has one really good scene. <laughs> or a few really good scenes. Yeah. Even if the average is worse versus averagely mm-hmm. good throughout. Because having those really good scenes is a great way to remember the episode. Yeah. Right? You, just right? you remember those remember. key moments. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and I agree with that with this episode. That was part of the reason why I landed on eight. This was yeah. that there was no real standout scene that I'm going to. I mean, there's funny stuff that I'll remember mm-hmm. probably. But yeah. All right. So where I ultimately landed for you is on. Charles' first trip to the White Room. So, uh, not specifically the White Room, but he's doing the Pickwick triplet pattern number, and yeah. he's he's going through it. He goes to the White Room. He comes back, and the actors all explain what the White Room is. Um, and, and I don't know if you want to go this far or not, but it ends with uh, Mabel convincing Howard that they need to get into the theater because of her because her sweater is abandoned in there. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know if you want to allow it to go that far, I'll but allow it is that. I'll parts. allow that. Yeah, it's all part of the same scene. So yeah, I I think that was your favorite. I allow that because I was going to guess that exact same scene for you. Oh, okay. But now I want to change my uh, guess oh. thanks oh, okay. to my advantage of going second. Jeez, though, I have no idea what to guess. <laughs> glad I didn't plan on this. <laughs> so well, I, just, I don't with your plan. original guess, then <laughs> fine, I will. The first white room scene, exactly as you described it, for you. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. I also did not pick that. Oh, wow. Okay. So we were, we were both fantastic. wrong. All right. Fantastic. Uh, well, uh, I don't think you would have So you want to just go go for it? Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll guess you for you what I picked, and I'll explain it. Okay. It wouldn't shock me if you picked this one, but I don't think you did. I picked Charles discovering the omelets are the the cure to the song <laughs> that is a really great scene i did not think that although maybe you can convince me that that is my favorite scene because it is really good i it, it definitely is right i <laughs> we start we start the scene with joy telling him to you know he, he's explained the stresses of trying to sing the song and what happened to him going into the white room and she reminds me hey Make make one of your amazing omelets. You make amazing omelets. And so he kills it. He's he's making an omelet. He's going through the rounds. He's doing a great job making the omelet too. And he's singing oh, yeah. while he's doing it. And yeah. he realizes that he can he can sing the song 
if he's cooking an omelet, which yeah, Joey kind of thinks is ridiculous. <laughs> and, you know, don't use that as a crutch. Use me as your crutch. We'll see yeah. the antelope, and then she does like the whole antelope joke. So it's a funny scene and whatnot, but it's also you know yeah. it, it's a seriousness in the the whole coping mechanism. Well, what really made me like this scene, and why I will probably remember it as a pretty memorable scene, yeah. is because of the relation it has to a recent series we just did, the old man. Uh-huh. with eggs and making <laughs> eggs especially when times are not great so i was like wow you know, maybe eggs are a good coping mechanism i'm not gonna get into why it's like that if you want to see that please check out our coverage of the old man we just covered it very recently which is why it's fresh in my head right right uh, it's an excellent series that's a really easy one but I, I, there, there's a point or very early in the season where it's shown that eggs have a a calming effect or a relaxing effect for a character in this case they help it's helping charles get through singing the song so i i like that through line even though i, I think it's completely mm-hmm. accidental I, I i don't think eggs are known for having this ability while making or eating eggs but perhaps they do Maybe I well I, that bandwagon. Re- I mean remember too what charles always is has cooked omelets for Lucy, who, by the way, yeah. I, I really hope we see Lucy this season. I but, think it's in season or episode one. Or maybe she just mentioned. Oh, she was she mentioned, mentioned, but yeah. So yeah, but anyway, yeah, I, I, I think he's always cooked for someone else, and I think that when Charles is at his most functional is when he shifts the focus away from himself. Mm. So he says here, I, I love this line. He says, I know I'm not mentally healthy, but that's okay because I can sing the song. <laughs> right. I, I, that's, that's Charles. So when he's, when he shifts the focus away from himself, he can function better. Very, yeah. Very but, true. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's a great scene. I, I like the idea that he can kind of, you know, go to his happy place, and uh, I don't. <laughs> there was uh, oh, a movie called, uh, well, the very famous movie called Major League. I don't know if you've ever seen Major League. Um, no, I haven't. Anyway, there's there's a, there are a couple of sequels to it, but the the second one, Major League Two, there's a catcher. It's about baseball, and there's a catcher who is a great catcher. He's great at catching pitches. He's great at throwing runners out, trying to steal, but he cannot get the ball back to the pitcher after he catches it, which is which is like the easiest thing. Like you just have to toss it. It's like nobody's running or anything you're just tossing the ball back to the pitcher so the pitcher can pitch it and he can't do it he's got this you know mental thing that he just can't do it uh and they figure out that what he needs to do is recite i think playboy articles like this is a memory a true story no 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 this is this is a comedy but anyway it's it's, so what he's doing is is reciting he he like verbally (laughs) recites playboy articles while he throws the ball back to the pitcher and then he can get the ball back to the pitcher with no problem because it's just it's just a distraction just to help you get out of your own head and think about something else because if you're thinking about throwing the ball then you can't throw the ball and if you're thinking about the lyrics here and not just letting them flow, then you end up in the white room. Yeah. You don't want to end up in the white room. Yeah. But I do also like in this scene, how joy says, you know, I, I'm the omelet. Say it. Say you're the omelet. Yes, that's right. I'm the omelet. Like, so 
they are painting joy in a pretty possessive light in this episode. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know that this is the healthiest relationship is what I'm saying <laughs> between Charles and joy. Oh, the fish seem to like it. <laughs> it's all 62 of them. That, okay. that was a funny thing in and of itself, actually, how <laughs> he frequents the fish store. <laughs> well, apart from the fact that I've been there twice already today. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right. It's a great scene. I went with, for my favorite scene, not that one. I went with um, Cinda making Mabel the offer. Oh, I, I was, I thought about changing. Oh, I thought about changing <laughs> it to that. I wish I, had t- I wish, see, this is why I mill about when I talk about all these ideas. Cause this, I could get some credit for that. I thought about it. I thought about putting that scene too. <laughs> yeah. That's, not, that's really, not a bad scene. I mean, the, the thing is like Cinda Canning, I, love her so much i just think tina fey is brilliant in this role i love this character i want her in so many more episodes than she's in i was like verbally exclaiming my excitement when she was the opening monologue uh so exciting to me so i I really wanted to pick a cindy canning scene and i picked this one because first of all it is funny she's like what if i add another zero how about another one Oh, thank God, because that, that's too much. I don't know what I was thinking. Like, yeah, uh, think about the middle offer. Yeah. Uh, and like the, the you lucky bee. All these murders keep falling in your lap. And, I, you know, I don't think Mabel thinks of herself as fortunate for all these murders happening in, in her life. Although it, it does, you know, allow her the opportunity to make this podcast. But then it's got this heart that I really love about this show when when it can put this heart on display. I think it's when it works at its best. Uh, when when Mabel says, you know, they're my guys. They're they're uh, every once in a while they you know they, they have food on their chin and they don't realize it and I have to <laughs> scrape it off. But you know they're, they're my guys and I and I she won't leave them. And I like that. I really like that. So I went with that one. Yeah, also on that scene, I do like how um, Mabel, she mentions about some uh, things she could potentially do for work and money besides working for Cinda. And Cinda basically says, listen, I don't think you got the hustle. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> which which calls back to the conversation she had earlier with, uh, with Kimber, Kimber mm-hmm. who does seem to hustle. So, yes. Yeah, yeah I, uh, it's a good scene. I I, I think it's I, I think it's a good scene to put as your favorite scene. The, the reason I picked the omelet one over this one is just um, the connection it has with the old man. Yeah, that makes sense. Make <laughs> typical of the scales. Yep. No, I got you. All right. Well, those are our favorite scenes. One other thing I want to say on that scene is I yep. I, I hoped that Mabel was going to take Cinda's offer because I think that'd be really interesting. Oh, really? I was I was hoping she'd take when when. She, when she added the second zero, and I was like, well, two zeros. Like, I, I was like, that's got to be a lot. That's a hundred times more than what she first offered you. Yeah. Like, uh, that's just, like, I bet she only offered her a hundred dollars. That's $10,000 yeah. now. You're right. right. Well, <laughs> like, but you know, it was, it was a number at least in the thousands. So let's say it was 9,000. Now it's 90,000. That was 900,000. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, clearly for Cinder too. But in that brief moment, because they show Mabel like hesitating, I was yeah. like, "Oh, she's gonna take it. Yeah. This is gonna be pretty cool." And then she said, "No." And this, yeah. eh, whatever. I, 
in that moment, similar to um, I don't know if you ever flipped a coin or done something by chance because you couldn't make a decision. Yeah, yeah. And if you ever flip a coin, yeah, because you you flip a coin, and then in the air was flipping, you kind of come down to what you kind of hope it is. Yep. Yep. Too. I guess in that brief moment, I knew what I wanted. Too bad it didn't happen. Maybe it still will. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's I, it's cool. I really love Cinda. I really love what she does for the show. I think Cinda's no. a great character. Yeah. yeah, so I'm glad she's back. I hope she, I hope they keep her around for the season. I I know that they won't have her in every episode, but if they if they have her in like two more episodes, I'd be pretty thrilled. Look, it looks like she's a she's a mainstay. I'm, I'm glad to see. I love it. I mean, I already know we're not getting Teddy Demas in this, and I'm very <laughs> disappointed. We're not getting Teddy Demas. It really doesn't look like we're getting Alice in this season, which is also disappointing. Oscar's uh, still missing. Oscar's <laughs> poor Oscar. Have you seen this man? <laughs> oh man! All right, Kurt. I think we should play. Who said it? said it the hardest game we play the hardest do we i mean we do a lot of guessing but okay most of it is just trying to i don't know psychoanalyze each other this is (laughs) this is a little more uh objective so this is though no we Michelle very competitive about this off the podcast (laughs) I think we're pretty competitive about it on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kurt. All right. So what I have you pick. You pick the hardest quotes. I do not pick the hardest quotes. I give you the easiest layups. <laughs> you give me anyway. Go on. Right. Make me look okay. worse. Okay. Folks, chime in for us. It's it's <laughs> uh, showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. Tell us who gives harder quotes. Who's better at this game? Yeah, what's your score, listener? <laughs> yeah, what is your score? I'm perfect still. I don't. I haven't gotten one wrong yet. Keep right. yapping about that. <laughs> see see what right. happens. Here, here we go. All right, first quote, yeah. which is uh, going. Can to I require... cast the total? Sorry, again. Uh, three. You might have Sorry, three. I have okay, three. I have three quotes. Um, I mean, I've got like over a page full of quotes, but. I've narrowed it down to three. So three quotes. First one, I'm going to censor myself here. Okay. Thank you. It's amazing the amount of steaming horse crap you can feed the American public if you tell them it's organic. Oh, that's Cinda Cannon. Yeah. Talking to Mabel. All right. Yeah, she's talking to Mabel about her holistic lifestyle that she's leading now. But she said something in the very first scene that, you know, it if being canceled means better aligning yourself with your dharma, then I consider me canceled or something like that. So she's talking about that here, that half of what she's been saying, well, maybe not half, but most of what she's been saying is, is uh, crap. Yeah. is, is horse crap. It's, it's not true. She did reflect on her vulva and she did uh, have a silent retreat for a little while, but most of it, not real. So yeah, but that's that's the the first scene between Cinda and Mabel, which actually I found that scene funnier than my favorite scene, but it just didn't have the heart that my favorite scene had. It's all about the heart, Mister Sal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But in the in that scene, Cinda does tell Mabel that she's got to do this for a couple more what months or weeks? 
think two more weeks, you said. Two more weeks, yeah. Yeah, two more weeks of, of wearing these tunics, and then I can get back to what I really love, which is murder. So, podcast. Yeah, and we know that she's going to try to recruit Bloody Mabel to do her podcast with her. Okay. Ready for quote number two? I'm ready. Hit me. I thought to myself, this man dies alone. Joyce is saying that to Charles. Yeah. Kurt, you're two for two, man. These are so much harder, I feel like. You're getting them instantaneously. How, how much easier <laughs> do you want me to make them? I know. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is the, from the, the scene where we find out that Joy is moving in with Charles. Well, Joy and her 62 fish and her trampoline and her exercise balls are moving in with Charles. And, you know, he, we, you can tell that he's uncomfortable, but he's putting on a strong face, right? And uh, she, you know, she she peps him up for his patter song here. You know, you can do hard things. Uh, you remember what, in, in season four of Brazos at the roller skating rink and so forth? And you like doing I, those I found that really funny. Yeah, because Charles always cites Brazos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to other people now, Joy yeah. citing Brazos to him. Yeah, but she does call this like a dream come true. Like that, clearly, Joy has had a thing for him for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, it seems as though. So, yeah, so she's going to hold on tight to this as long as she can. But all right, so that's uh, that's the second one. All right, last one. The hardest this one? Is, this is the hardest one. Okay. I think you're going to get it, though. You're on a roll. All right. In theater, there's no net. You blank out. That's it. Jeez. That's what I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> In theater... You blank out. In theater, there's no... there's no net. You blank out. That's it. So I'm assuming this is the scene after Charles' first, his first white room scene. No. Well, no, you guess that for me is my favorite scene. Would you do it? A lot of people talk to him about his stuff. They're like, yeah, everybody in the room talks to him about it. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with, um, oh, geez, I already forgot his name. One second. Oh, oops. One second. This is, this is Jonathan. Jonathan. You got it. You got really? it. Oh, <laughs> let's go, Jonathan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He continues. You're a polar bear in a global warming documentary, hanging on to oh, a yes. tiny piece of ice in the middle of the sea, I waiting to die. Out, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a cool it's a cool metaphor. I, I thought mm-hmm. it was very funny. Uh, I, I only I only guessed him because I knew he talked. I felt he talked the most in that scene out of the other like yes. the the other people that are in the play that were. That's that right. Were he, he ended up in a Papa John's in Yonkers two days later. It was scary. Yeah. So th- this scene, though, I really do love this scene, and it is very funny. Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, Oliver tells it, it starts out with Oliver telling Mabel and Charles that he's in love. The most uh, unobtainable bachelor, he calls himself. Uh, anyway, Mabel wants to take a close look at Kimber due to her lack of hanky, but Oliver would rather not because Kimber, Kimber can actually sing and she has over 2 million TikTok-y people. He'd rather look at his stage manager, KT. She's only got 12 TikTok followers. This is a thing throughout the entire episode. Later, he's trying to get... The Maybe the makeup artist. Yeah, the wardrobe. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. he's yeah. just trying to. He's just the one that he deems important for his show to be the <laughs> yes. murderer. 
Exactly. But we also learned that Kimber sold Ben anti-aging serum. But the rest of the cast arrives at this point, and it's time for Charles' patter song, which I've never heard it called a patter song before. But, I, I mean, almost every musical has one of these. Like, it, it, he describes it perfectly. He's like, oh, yeah, it's a, re- it's a really fast information dump that they give to the guy who can't sing. <laughs> but what's really funny about it is that he has Charles Hayden Savage has like a hit single angel and flip-flops so apparently can sing a little bit right at some point yeah anyway maybe maybe we lose that with time though yeah you definitely if you don't keep up on it yes but he did but as he's singing his patter song when he transitions into the white room i just lost it because <laughs> the vulgarities that start flying out of his mouth. Yeah, he's, he's, I, was, I had to do like a double take when he started swearing all that much. I was like, wait I, a second. I like reversed. I'm like, wait, did he just and I reversed? I'm like, oh no, what's, what's going on here? I know it's really hysterical. And then he travels to the white room and you know paints the wall white, which is already painted white. And he is about to make out with the roller when he comes back to reality disheveled, de-pantsed, sitting in a bassinet and holding a baby doll by the foot. And everybody is just in shock. And the other actors start to explain the phenomenon of blanking out on stage because there's no safety net, because you can't do another take if you screw up. And it's really important that he find his happy place. I also thought that everything that happened subsequently with Howard was hysterical. Yeah, all the sweater stuff was really yeah. funny. As all, along with bring up the State Farm thing again. Yes, may I please go call my therapist? Yes, of course. And he goes back. I have I have a confession to make. I didn't call my therapist. I called Moses Morris. I I tell him things. Uh, but then the way that they kind of extort the keys out of Howard with the sweater, his sweater monologue there is hysterical. Oh my god, I think I have it here somewhere. He says. Uh, um, let me guess, a fluffy number, vaguely shapeless, splashes of yellow and orange that have no business working, but somehow they work. My God, do they work? <laughs> uh, anyway, so it, it's a really great scene. Um, there's a ton going on. It's a long scene. But, yeah, it's a big, it's a long scene. Yeah. yeah. Probably should have picked that for my favorite scene because there's a ton going on there, but it just doesn't have that yeah i I agree i think that's it's just really funny like it shows charles stage fright or anxiety or you know life Mm -hmm. stresses whatever whatever's causing it Mm -hmm. that's that's about where the part of it really ends it's super humorous so yes exactly it is a really funny scene though all right what else is that funny most chunk of the episode i think we've talked about a lot of it i I, I think I already just said it, but yeah, Howard bringing up the State Farm thing again. That was definitely yep. funny. Sure. I like that. It's a rolling bit. Yep. The Me the too. second time he goes in the white room and the pianist is a Christian and has to go find a priest. <laughs> and Oliver yes. takes control. Yes. Todd, take the day. Go find a priest. Pray it out. <laughs> you, my office. Then they, then they have a bit of a heart to heart, which, you know, they have their interludes of comedy in that but 
I do. I love when Mabel says, "Okay, we need to talk, get Kimber talking." So, can, can you guys <laughs> handle that? And and Charles like, "No, definitely not. You, I I can't talk to young people. You don't count. You have old lady energy." <laughs> and Oliver says, "She does, girl. doesn't she?" I I think, but she, you know, she, I I'm getting like seventy two, maybe even seventy five. <laughs> and then when she tries, when she starts striking up the conversation. With Kimber, she's like, yes, and work and slay, like, yes, over here, like, yeah. That was funny. That, that was also a really funny scene. Yeah. How about the fact that the serum is Vaseline and club soda? <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, if that's what it is, that's what it is. If it works, it works, right? Don't question it. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, maybe you should question it. Ooh. Yeah, but there's a ton of funny stuff in this episode. This is very, very funny. funny. We've already talked about a lot of this. So I think I'm ready to enter the recap. How about you? Yeah, let's. Excitingly, we open with Cinda Canning giving her opening monologue. She's recording again after some time away for self care. I guess, you know, if, if the theme of that, if instead of thinking about it as rituals and obsessions, you think about it as a theme of self-care, I guess there's there's a theme of that throughout the episode, especially with Charles. Yeah, the theme of self-care, but it's all farce. Yeah, I guess so. I guess you did I, do some of that. Yeah, but. I guess the Volva thing. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, meanwhile, Mabel is checking out an apartment that would give Jimmy McMillan a fit. For those of you who don't know Jimmy McMillan, he is the founder of the Rent is Too Damn High party in New York City. Oh, okay. Well, I remember <laughs> that clip when I was younger, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, because this is, what, what did you say? This is like 460 square feet or something like that. Yeah. Like, something ridiculously small, and it was like over $4,000 a month. That's ridiculous. Very expensive. Yeah. And she needs to have hay stubs, letter from a landlord, blah, blah. <laughs> All things she definitely probably maybe has. Cinta <laughs> uh, talks about the relative costs and benefits of rituals. Mabel blows off someone trying to call and text her. Did you know it was Cinda at this point? No, I didn't. Okay, I did write down here Cinda question mark and then also Alice question mark. So I thought it was one of those. I, I was wondering if it was Alice or Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyhow, this apartment is not for her. And by the way, did you notice that this apartment was a white room? I did. I did. Yeah. I was like, oh, the white room. I'm like, we'll be seeing you again, old friend. That's, <laughs> that's what I, wrote. I, I wrote down, we'll see this again. <laughs> I knew we did not. <laughs> Maybe we will eventually, but I, I don't think this is what it meant by the white room. Right, right. All right. I'll, um, the, the next scene we've already talked about is when Joy moves in. We've talked about the scene after that, too. That's a really long one with the first visit to the white room. Mm-hmm. Next, we go back to Charles' place. Oh, we've already talked about this one too. Uh, this is your favorite scene. Joy suggesting that he yep, makes, yep. makes the omelets. So we're flying here. Okay, we get to the theater back. Room. Finally, we go to the theater. Mabel and Oliver are surprised to find Kimber in her dressing room. It's her beauty empire headquarters, and she copied Howard's key. Ben turns out used her youth serum or anti-aging serum opening night. Charles arrives, smelling like eggs, having just made an omelet. And Charles and Oliver are going to bust into Ben's dressing room while Mabel chats up Kimber. With girl talk. That's right. 
Very important. While they're talking, Mabel rejects another call and some dog food. She strikes a chord when she mentions a sh- uh, showmance between Kimber and Ben. Off in the other room in Ben's dressing room, Oliver and Charles find something worse than dead flowers in a dead man's dressing room. Kimber tells Mabel that she was not romantic with Ben, but she did try to get him to do an, an official endorsement for her line of beauty products. She says Ben could have been could could be sweet, and he was hard on himself, like on opening night when he had a red mark on his face. He let someone into his dressing room, someone that wasn't Kimber, to fix it up, and they were good because they did it. Assuming this is Joy, since her lipstick's in there. Mostly yeah. it has nothing to do with the poisoning. So no, I don't think so either. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Mabel gets summoned to the dressing room where they see a picture of a pig drawn on the mirror in lipstick and the words effing pig written on top of it. Ben, I think, wrote it himself after eating a cookie and in the process of so doing, got lipstick on his face. That is what I believe happened and why he had a red mark on his face. Oh, and that's why. Okay. (laughs) I I I I thought the red mark is unrelated to the the lipstick, and that this is like the biggest piece of evidence we've gotten from this episode. <laughs> I was like, oh. red mark. Oh, but that that is also very <laughs> it's plausible that he just hit himself with the lipstick in some way. That's what I'm thinking. Anyway, they think that the lipstick belongs to the killer. I do not. Charles has to go home to run piranha interference because he's afraid because he keeps getting pictures of piranha from Joy that she's going to start buying some piranhas. Mabel pockets the lipstick and tissues and finally agrees to meet Cinda Canning, who's been feeding her listeners grade A organic horse crap. We've already talked about this scene. Next, Howard and Tom were having a cat play date, so they're late. But good news is that Sevelin and Chopin hit it off after some initial trepidation. Oh, uh, is that what it is when you have children play dates? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, Charles. Congratulations, tries... by the way. Oh, thank you. Yes, as a parent, I, I, I can yeah, answer yeah. that. Yep. <laughs> Charles tries to mime uh, omeleteering while singing, but Oliver hates that. So he tries it again, and he takes another trip to the White Room. This time, he sees the Orange Statue of Liberty outside. Did you recognize the Orange Statue of Liberty? No, I don't know if it was the Orange Statue of Liberty. I... You I saw it in the that. window, right? I, I have no recollection of this, so no. Really? No. Yeah, he's in the White Room, and he looks out the window, and he sees the giant Orange Statue of Liberty, and he kind of um, mimics the position of the Statue of Liberty right before he returns to... Uh, to the stage. But the Orange Statue of Liberty was one of the tank decorations in Joyce Fish Tank. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, he's feeling like a little bit in the fish tank here. There's a metaphor there for sure. Anyway. It's in a um, fish bowl. Yeah, same idea. Or I guess Charles Payne Savage in a fish bowl. Yes, exactly. When he returns, his vulgarity has offended everyone, especially Tom, who's a Christian. He gets the day. He'll find a priest. <laughs> Oliver takes Charles into his office and suggests that he may be stressed about Joy moving in. He admits that he's about that uh, that he is, but he also wants to be the type of person who can live with a woman. 
but maybe some people are just meant to be alone. And I, what am I going to do though? Like, so uh, Oliver convinces him that he is enough and he doesn't need to change, but Charles isn't sure he's going to be able to find the right words. And she, after all, Joy just moved in. Oliver encourages him, but Charles kind of flips the table on him and says, you know, oh, what about you? If you've, uh, you've been hemming and hawing over this date thing. And so he, they, they kind of, I don't know if it's a deal, but Charles kind of resigned to ask Joy to move out. And even if it means him ending up alone, and Oliver sends the text to Loretta, just dinner. That's it. Not a horror movie or Russian tea, as he's been touting throughout the episode. Just dinner. All right. Good for him. Mm -hmm. It is done. Uh, Next is my favorite scene, so we'll skip that one. And finally, Charles tries to suggest that Joy move out, but he again goes to the white room here. And this time he sees fish out the window. So he, he is very much in the fish tank now. But when he returns, he has proposed to Joy and she accepts. Mabel and Oliver walk in on that proposal with Joy's lipstick. And boy, does she hate an incomplete set. So she's very glad they found it. Yeah, it has a spot for it. Michael, <laughs> where did he get that ring? I don't know. I mean, I mean, he wrecked the room. So like, I'm, I'm assuming that you know, he just like had it somewhere and found it or whatever yeah Yeah. so i was curious if it was just something i'd forgotten like oh in season one he had snatched the ring speaking of which did they ever address the i'm watching you thing (laughs) no (laughs) don't worry about it sorry to point that back out again up to this point they have also not addressed charles saying to ben on stage stay away from her Oh, I forgot all about that. Well, we're still, <laughs> I, they could still answer that. They could, they could, but they never answer. They never answer. <laughs> they never answer. I'm watching, I'm watching you. Uh, well, the, well, I still think it's fun, Lester. Right? I think. I think, I think that's Lester. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> all right. So, at any rate, th- that's that is the end of the episode, and uh, that's uh, you know, it's, it's pretty good pretty good not not it's, very, it's a very funny episode uh, i like the uh emotional stuff for both mabel and charles but that you know that's yeah. why i'd say the uh the positives end and that yeah. you know that's a large chunk of the episode but there's not you know there's not that big scene mm-hmm. and it's missing some of the characters that i enjoy and i, I the, the um the murder mystery part of this season to me is I feel the weakest it's been, at least right now. I feel that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, don't, to change. I don't disagree. And honestly, the the the, the thing is, I, I, I talk about this all the time on the show. That the hardest thing to do in a murder mystery, and the reason why I love this series so much, is because they've been able to pull it off for two seasons, is to finish the season or fi- solve the mystery. And leave me in a state where I don't feel dissatisfied because I figured it out too early. And I don't feel dissatisfied because they didn't give me enough to figure it out and it wasn't earned. Honestly, I'm worried about I'm worried about this season. I, I am too in a way because it feels to me as though they've kind of realized wow, we've got a really good like universe here. Uh the characters are great, fleshed out, but it's still a murder mystery series. So we gotta have the murder, mm-hmm. we gotta have the mystery. Mm-hmm. They they could make uh, season three less 
I over time in season three, but I feel like they couldn't make this series and not have it central around someone's murder and try to figure out who done it. Mm-hmm. I think they could get away with it, but you know that's kind of the formula they have to do for the the way the series is. And I, I wonder how often how much you can do that to some yeah. extent. We'll see. Uh, again, I'm I'm hopeful. It seems the the show's it's getting more and more popular and. I think they have a lot of flexibility as to what they want yeah. to do with stuff. It, since it's not like they have like, you know, the narratives they create are normally just season wide. So they don't have other things to really account for. I, I, they have a lot of flexibility with the story. So mm-hmm. I, I'm hopeful that they made a, they made a good thing with them. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. I, listen, we will. I'm, I'm, I'm still very high on it. I, I'm, but I am a little worried. I'm, I'm worried that, we make it to the end of the season and I may think that was too easy or that was impossible. Very, very true. That's very fair. All right, Kurt, let's, uh, let's check the time. Oh, what the, uh, Mr. Sal, it's TV time. Of course it is. Ain't no time. Look at TV time. Well, Kurt, I am going to go ahead and, well, you, I, I'm going to guess that the, the fans gave this a 5 out of 5. I agree. I think they gave it a 5 out of 5. Okay. And it looks like they did 71%. Whoa. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, yes. A lot of love for this episode. Yes, absolutely. All right. Which brings us to the characters. Let's see here. All right. I think that the people said Mabel, and I think that you what? said... And I, yeah, and I think that you said Charles. I think the people said Mabel, and you said Charles. I did say Charles. So Charles, Charles was was hysterical, and like his his was where the real like emotion and psychology of the episode came in. Um, I mean, Mabel had some of that too, but uh, Charles, I felt like, was the main character of the episode. I definitely agree with that. I think Charles is certainly the main character of the episode, and I also picked Charles. Hey, all right. And you know what? The people also picked Charles. Really? 72%. Wow, good for the people. It's not just the Mabel show. Yes. I'm like, so there you have it. There you have it. Yeah. I would say my second favorite character is Mabel for the episode, but yeah. Uh, for me, I... I I was I would say Cinda for the but she's not a votable character so that I would say Mabel <laughs> since there are really only three votable characters in this episode because Loretta and Ben are not in it so <laughs> anyway all right Kurt let's talk about suspicions that we have mm-hmm. all right we don't have a sound effect for this we probably should we probably yeah. should for that. <laughs> <laughs> well anyway well what Go on. I'm still 100% on Donna poisoning cookies for Ben. I, mean, I, I still think that's a great theory, and I think that is a very good possibility. Like, I, I, I don't think you're wrong. All right. All right. I think, I think, I think that's a good theory. Uh, and I agree with you that I think the pig was, he did the pig himself. Yes. That, that definitely true, especially since we think it's cookies. So it all, it all kind of quotes back to the cookies. I, Wrote down here, red mark, hit, 
something uh, you know I, I i question mark what, what, what's this red mark about maybe maybe i should keep note of something that that turns things red or like i mm. think red mark causing worthy but you you did highlight to me during a, a recap that <laughs> it could just be the lipstick <laughs> yeah maybe it is i guess maybe it should, isn't i guess we but, should point out some other things from the episode that we might want to factor in here uh joy's lipstick was in the in the dressing room i'm not gonna eliminate that as nothing i'm gonna say it was in there the the effing pig written on the mirror um kimber's anti-aging serum although i do think do we believe kimber when she says that she sold the hanky on ebay i don't see why not she's i don't either I'm, cro- I'm, I'm crossing off kimber's lack of hanky as evidence so um and then Joy did say at one point, I, I'm sure you caught this, that, you know, she says to, to Charles, just like I did with that Ben Glenroy, he knew that if he tarred her one hair on your head, he'd have to answer to me. Yeah. So yeah, I remember that. I'll throw, throw that in there, too. <laughs> Although Joy's not making my list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of evidence, though, Mr. Sally. Not a very good detective. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I also crossed off that Bobo didn't acknowledge the hanky because in this episode, somebody says every cast member gave Charles the hanky except for Kimber. So Bobo's out for me. Yeah, all the He's cast the members hook. gave up He's their hanky. The yeah. So I, w- I wonder if the explanation... So they seem to have dropped the lack of hanky explanation, which is good. I'm hoping yeah. it turns out the fact that he just had more than one hanky. We'll nah, I think that some like all they've addressed is the cast, which that's not everybody who could have done it. That's, that's definitely true. Definitely true. So um, I am remaining solid on my top two. Dickie number one, Tobert number two, probably connected because Tobert probably saw it happen. That's fair. I I also still have those as my number one and two. Dickie number one, Tobert number two, number three, still Maxine. Wow. I haven't seen her now for two episodes, but we'll we'll leave her in there as the Hail Mary. My number three is Howard. I think that I'm pretty sure Howard was my number three last time, too. But Howard's late to rehearsals because he's got cat play dates. He's got the keys to the theater. Oh, that's a big one. You're right. You know, I I love that slide. You know, that's (laughs) that's actually a really good one that he has the keys to the theater. That's That's a good way to slip that in. That. Yeah, he's got he's got this obsession with Moses Morris at State Farm. Uh, I I'm he's on my radar. Well, especially if they're highlighting the fact he's the keys to the theater. I know. <laughs> yes. He should be. Yes, and who picked up those cookies from Schmackeries in episode one? I was think the Howard? implication was that it was Howard because mm-hmm. Ben says, "Where are they from?" And Howard's the one who answers Schmackeries. Oh yeah. Uh, mm. So I, yeah. I I think there's a there's a good chance that Howard is involved somehow. I don't know if he's involved in the poisoning or involved in the push, but I, I think he's involved somehow. I think it's time. I remember Howard was like a primary suspect in, in season one. Yeah, because of fainting at blood. Or no. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we were wondering if he was faking that and stuff. If right. He, if he really was. And, oh, yeah. I remember highlighting the fact if we see him see blood or anything and he doesn't faint then we'll know yep yeah so didn't he what? see blood in season two i thought he did i'm not sure I, anyway all right so oh oh 
Kurt. He's also dating Ben's understudy. Who's That's got true. The There's role. incentive there. Who's got the lead role now? Howard's boyfriend. Okay, oh, really good for Jonathan. Very convenient. <laughs> some might say. Yeah. So all right. So those are my those are the only three that are really on my radar, other than Donna poisoning with the cookies. But yeah, I, I think there's something fundamentally I don't know. The fact that we think it's Dicky and we haven't even been really introduced to him formally. I think that's pretty damning, actually. What do you mean to the series or in what way? To Dicky. I think that the fact that they've waited oh, yeah. this long to really spend any time with Dickie. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's just kind of it's the format of things like this. Oh, yeah. Of course, it's not going to be the first people we're looking at. Right. It's going to be, again, what's that called? A story schema. That's what it's called. Like they, right. Stories tend to be told in certain ways, like superhero stories tend to be told in certain ways. And murder mysteries tend to be told in certain ways, right? You don't start off with the actual culprit. Yeah. I'm, That's I'm a story schema. So... so and we are here. Dickies are number one, despite us not really <laughs> meeting him besides like the one scene and then seeing him from the closet. But we haven't like what what they've shown of us does not show that he would be the killer, I feel like. But we're just making assumptions based on well, clearly, and more meta things in our head. So Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm 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 really interested. I know we were talking about earlier how we're worried about the series. You know, hopefully yep. it's an ending that's I uh, lack of a fair ending. We hope it's a fair ending. It's not yep. too difficult. It's not too easy to solve. Yeah, I really hope that they um they understand like our expectations and they really subvert them in in, in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. But like for example, with Dickie and Tobert. Yeah, I, I don't know if we're the only ones that suspect them. I'm I, sure that there's. I'm not hearing anything about our theories on really. Uh, really not. Everybody's obsessed with this twin triplet theory, which I'm still not buying. Who, who, who's the Ben's the ben. twin triplet? Yeah, Ben. Ben has a twin, and then you know Dicky being the third. I'll brother. tell you right now, that will anger me mentally. <laughs> if Ben if, has a twin, if, if Ben has a twin, I, I guess I still would yeah. anger me. I don't want that. I don't want Ben to have a twin either. Well, all right then. That's- <laughs> All right, all right, Kurt. Well, that's that's all I got. I got anything else to add here? I'm curious about the red mark. I mean, I'm still gonna keep an eye out for red mark, but okay, you know the fact they said. Well, the, the only reason I don't think. Well, now that I'm thinking back on it, if it was the lipstick, he he called in a pro, right? Joy, but like, yeah. can he just wipe it off? Uh, well, it would uh, mess up the rest of his makeup. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It would, yeah. yeah, never yeah. mind. Yeah, you could just wipe. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Okay, never mind then. Well, I, I don't know. All right. I, I don't know how to feel about the red mark. Oh, I guess I'll keep an eye out somewhat, but not as Folks. diligently as I was before. Yeah. Folks, how do you feel about the red mark? Email us and tell us, showhopperspodcast at gmail.com, or reply to my post in the subreddit. That would be fine, too. Uh, we can talk about what you say in our next episode. Next episode, by the way, is called, as I mentioned earlier, Ah, Love. So we'll be looking forward to that. In the meantime, check out our other coverage of such great series as Better Call Saul, Black Mirror, Centaur World, Chernobyl, Dexter New Blood, The Last of Us, The Leftovers, Lost, Mrs. Davis, The Old Man, um, Outer Range, Ozark, 
Russian Doll, Watchmen, and The White Lotus. Got lots of stuff going on. And we've got a new series starting. Well, we'll have a new series starting after only merge in the building. We'll have another new series starting after we finish our old man coverage, which is ongoing right now. So stay tuned for that. Please help us out with five-star ratings and reviews. We do appreciate it. And tell your friends about it. Let them know that after they watch Only Emerge in the Building, they should check out our, our, our podcast. And while you wait to watch the next episode, always remember, maybe you don't need to change. Maybe you are who you are. And that's enough. Shoe hammer some show hoppers into your day.